Welcome to Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed, a podcast that explores ways to transform your business and marketing strategy. Whether you're a rising star, entrepreneur, or experienced professional, a show packed with stories to inspire success and build a growth mindset for you and your company. Featuring global brand CMOs, transformation experts, and business founders, your co-hosts, Chris Lawson in London, UK, and Samuel Moni across the pond in Philadelphia, USA. Hey, Chris. Welcome to this week's show. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good, Sam. Good. I'm boiling over here in the UK at the moment. Excellent. It's good to see some sun and blue sky in the UK and not the stereotypical rain. <laughs> that That is also true. Yeah. Cool. So what are we covering this week, Sam? Well, this week, we've got a topic that's near and dear to, I think, both our hearts in terms of marketing philosophies and the world of work. And I'm excited to go into it a bit deeper in this week's show. It's a topic of growth mindset. And we talked about this in our second show just about a year ago. Uh, and it's applicable pre, during and post COVID. The term growth mindset has become more common in the past few years. And it's attributed to uh, a woman called Carol Dweck. She's a psychologist and professor at Stanford University in California in the USA. And I came across it when I was teaching marketing and advertising as an adjunct professor. And Dweck's work has associated with school kids, but I found it equally applicable to graduate and postgraduate classes I taught in marketing and advertising. And in my work of marketing capability and marketing excellence, it's become more and more apparent that it's, it's truly relevant. So in a growth mindset, people believe that their most basic abilities can be improved through dedication and hard work. And so brains and inherent talent aren't really the the end point that's just where you start and actually i hate the word talent because it implies that you either have it or you don't have it and so growth mindset is about a love of learning a resilience that really is essential to getting things done in life in work personally and professionally and so the spirit of culture of it is also about asking questions and staying curious and some places you might feel as if, oh, I can't ask because it might make me look dumb or it might make me mean that I don't know something. But equally, asking a question means that you learn and become better. And for marketing, it's so much more important now than ever. Absolutely. I mean, look, since we wrote it um, about it a year ago, there's now 170,000 searches per month on this subject. Mm-hmm. And, and something that was perhaps a thought leadership piece at the time is now definitely more mainstream and and pretty well established. Um, And that belief that you can change your personality and your skills and they don't have to be fixed. But like everything else, it goes through its growth pains or its growth of mindset pains. At the heart of it is about continual learning, that re-evaluation and improvement. But there has been pushback as well, a challenge of mistakes, whether the original philosophy was overpraising and sort of over-egging the, sort of the pudding, to use a UK phrase, and, and whether mm-hmm. the approach really stacks up in education where it first started. And, and when, that's, when that's been looked at in more detail, what has become clear is that environment, context, persistence is required to gain results. And sometimes those results can be pretty marginal. But when we're talking about creating an environment for performance, small margins are exactly what we have to be focused on to sort of the best performers out from the also runs to really sort of optimize what we're doing. And that's the the difference between good and great. And of course, another important fact is then making sure it's not just a buzzword that it gets implemented. Um, You want it to be something that you adopt individually as well as part of an organization. 
And the challenge is there is that some cultures do not let you fail or try not to let you fail um, and learn and make mistakes easily, even if they talk a good game. Something that um, Microsoft recognized, there's a really interesting article, we put a link to it in the blog, a Forbes article from a CEO of Microsoft, Satya Nadella, and he described the C as in CEO as standing for the curator of culture. And, and he saw very much that the existing culture of Microsoft was hindering rather than supporting the strategy that he wanted. And that was because it was extremely focused on internal competition rather than one of cooperation, collaboration, listening, learning, and harnessing individual passions and ultimately being external focus. So, yeah, uh, largest company in the world are, are focused on this as well, Sam. Yeah, and it reminds me of a former place that I worked and the head of innovation set up an inaugural global summit. And one of the key ahas was that three teams basically revealed that they'd all made exactly the same mistake. It all failed in exactly the same way. Hmm. So rather than making mistake once we managed to make it across the company three times the same mistake what if we'd actually learned collaborated the first time and learned from that and not repeated it so what you say is absolutely true and happens so 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 frequently across organizations and a lot of companies profess to have a growth mindset and and fall at the first hurdle which which is about ensuring that there's a strong feedback culture or more importantly actually listening to that feedback in the first place and then it's understanding whether it's a individual or a collective responsibility? And the answer is, it's, it's both um, something that we'll cover a little bit later on. We talk about proactive employees, the go-getters, we all see them in our teams. And we also talk about the need for cultures that are innovation focused and invested in creating something better, um, challenges to keep pace and ahead of change. All of that is about growth mindset, the ability to sort of learn proactively and it is our responsibility. So if you don't get the support from your company, look elsewhere. Life coaching, therapy, mentoring, they're all of the same in terms of self-reflection and the same reset. We can, and, uh, and I'd encourage you that if you're not getting that support internally within your company to go and sort of search them out. We can learn a lot from the, the sports environment. They've been doing it for years to increase their performance. And there's no reason why that doesn't apply to the business culture too. Absolutely, Chris. And for clarity then, let's just say that a, a fixed mindset really believes that basic abilities, intelligence, talents are just fixed. We have a certain amount and that's it. The goal becomes to look smart and never look dumb. So if I fail at something, it's proof that I don't have what it takes or it's not for me or I'm going to be really bad at it forever. Growth mindset then is actually that you understand that talents and abilities can be developed through effort, through learning, through persistence and pursuit of mastery and getting that deeper expertise. Look, it's not that everyone is the same or anyone could be Einstein and it's not just positive thinking for the sake of it. You're grounded in reality, but the this reality understands that the science behind brain plasticity and evidence that you can actually get smarter and better if you work at something. And ultimately, we actually have both. We, we have both fixed and growth mindsets and we just need to be aware of that and what scenarios trigger which mindset we tap mm. into. And there's some research out there from Carol Dweck and some of colleagues and um, consultants she worked with and says that for employees in a growth mindset company, 47% likelier to say that their colleagues are trustworthy, 34% likelier to feel a strong sense of ownership and commitment to the company, 65% likelier to say, hey, the company supports risk-taking and likelier to say the company fosters innovation. So it's all about helping grow culture, 
bottom and top line of a business. One of the things that Carol Dweck is is realizing that there's some people are misunderstanding what mindset's all about. There's a false growth mindset, um, philosophies and ideas out there. And she's noticed a trend of people misunderstanding. It's not just about trying hard and trying harder. It's about recognizing and praising strategies that actually help you move forward and making progress to be better. So if you're stuck, it's about asking for help. It's about getting advice from an expert or someone more proficient working on where to go next. So it's not about repeating the same thing that's not working. It's about trying something new and having the right strategies to support it. So let's get into it and get into the six steps then that we see as helping you do this really well. Step one, then, it's all about developing productive habits and working on yourself first. And so it's developing that self-awareness around your own mindset. And I've said everyone can be fixed or growth mindset. And there's screeners and checklists and surveys that you can just help to understand when you may be looking at one way versus another, where you're more fixed than, than growth mindset. So you should really try to consciously reframe and reappraise situations. You're being curious to think about the situation and scenario from a different perspective. So when have you seen a positive change and what was happening when you actually made that positive change? Or ask yourself, am I just being defensive right now? Did I think about getting feedback or really reflecting on what what learnings happened from that experience. So again, when you're in this self-reflection mode, it's all about when a threat's challenge is happening and how might I look up to someone who's who's been through this and how would they feel and react to it? How might I shift my self-doubt into a growth mindset? How might I appreciate other people's concerns? So when something fall, fails to fall in line with your expectations, be mindful of the negative talk and the, telling yourself, oh, I knew this was going to happen and, and be mindful of accessing and thinking about it from a growth mindset kind of way. And I'll just share a quick story for me. I remember a few years ago, I walked into a business that was declining for a number of years, no investment, limited innovation, right? Hmm. A lot of people going through that right now. Absolutely. And all I did was I was able to reposition the portfolio and get marketing and advertising for the first time in 10 years. But this started by simply looking at the market share data. We were collecting all this data and everyone assumed it was bad and we were declining. But when I started looking more closely at the data, I actually saw that the category was growing and there was opportunity. So it could be as simple as taking a closer look with an open mind to the situation and reality and seeing in the data there's opportunity and then acting on it versus perceiving and assuming that it's all bad, it's all wrong and there's nothing good so that's my personal story uh in a way i think it sums up the the whole steps in a way sam i think we will come back to that time and time again over the next sort of five steps the second step is about employ the power of yet Uh, when you're faced with a challenge um, you feel you can't move past rather than saying i can't do this it's about reappraising it rephrasing that sentence into i can't do this yet so again that's what reminded me from your little story there Mm. that change in mindset can have a real lasting impact on your ability to work through and and stay committed to the road and as we sort of said in the, the second podcast that being flexible specifically for a marketer evolving that brief more quickly um, then working out how you're going to scale out not being afraid to turn off what isn't working um, being flexible um, at that point using data to show um, how to actually pivot and flex to a plan b if you need it and recognizing that if you haven't found the solution yet then to carry on doing it Um, and, and the point being is that the path to success is rarely a short one, and it's very rarely a straight one. 
Um, mm-hmm. You think I, I sort of first set out my own company, Moreno, in 2012 after leaving The Guardian. But it, it was too early. It was too early for me. I, I hadn't enough sort of diverse experience to sort of bring that into managing on my own. And and the timing wasn't right yet. Scroll forward six years and I, and I haven't looked back. But that's all about not losing sight of that vision that one day I wanted to own my own company. Well, that links nicely to step three then, which is about acting with courage. And we talked about that in episode six of Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed. It was an episode called Be Brave, Marketers Be Brave. And right now it reminds me of a quote by Brené Brown. And she says, I want to be in the arena. I want to be brave with my life. And when we make the choice to dare greatly, we sign up to get our asses kicked or asses if you're from the UK, butts or whatever the word is. We can choose courage or we can choose comfort, but we can't have both. And so your story of your personal experience of your business is exactly that. You were courageous at the mm. time. It was all too soon, but you, you kind of weathered the storm and you really persisted and you, and you sought to get better. And so it's about doing courage. It's about spending less time proving over and over how great you are at something and actually pushing and testing yourself to, do, to be better and then acting on it. It's not about hiding your deficiencies. It's about talking about them and trying to overcome them. And so, yes, we all have flaws and mistakes and it's now being vulnerable. So as a leader, as a manager, you've got to be able to be, say, to can, to be candid and say out loud in a town hall or wherever, I don't get it or help me learn or help me understand or tell me more. That means that you're opening up to the idea that you could actually learn more and be better. It's about hiring people and working with people who love challenges. But when they talk about their challenges, they're talking about successes and failures, not just all the wins and all the successes. It's, a, it's not about win or lose. It's about what, what can I learn? What did I learn from it? What, did, what can we learn? And again, it's not about being accepted or being rejected. It's about what's the experience and the process that I went through. So in this, when you're being courageous, you're stretching yourself versus picking the tried and true. Early in my career, I had an opportunity when I joined a company to work on the oral care um, brand of, cat, of, of products or the blood pressure monitor categories. And I had no clue what these were or what they did or how they worked. And for, for some reason at the time, I just managed to tap into my growth. Oh, I'll do the one that I don't know about and I don't understand. And it opened me up to the world of doctors and medical practitioners. And I learned a huge amount, but only because it was unfamiliar. I felt, well, let me just be a bit more courageous. So when we talk about facing your challenges bravely, if you find yourself terrified during a challenge, think about reframing it. Is it an opportunity? Is it a time to think about an adventure or stretching yourself? Tell yourself a different story. We've all had that feeling when we feel nervous and there's that unsettling feeling in your stomach, but that could be very similar to the feeling of excitement. You know, when you're about to have a birthday or an event and you open up a present, there's an anticipation, there's an excitement there. So often just telling ourselves a different story about that feeling may help move us in this direction. So, but stay in touch with how you feel. If, if you're um, going through, say, fear or lack of confidence in doing something, we tend to fall into the fixed mindset. And again, for me, it might surprise you to know that when I used to see or hear great speakers or presenters at conferences, I used to, oh, they're so good. I can't be as good as them. And mm-hmm. But rather than letting that self-talk, I think every conference, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about it. I'm going to observe what they did, write down specific examples. And now I've got a, a long list of bullet points of inspiration and ideas and ways that I can actually apply their practices, their approaches on the work that I do. So use it as inspiration versus a threat or a fear. That's a great one. The the next step is about believing the company that you want to keep. 
and the company that you want to work in or with. As we said before, when struggling with a task, remind yourself that you just haven't mastered it yet. Stick with it. Time and practice will lead to improvement. But unless you're working with a culture that embraces that, that isn't going to happen. So check that your organization has a ring-fenced R&D process. Check whether you can take out time from a company time to increase your learning. Check whether the approach is collaborative and what the attitude to failure is. And it's a cliche, but, but we know that most inventions were a byproduct rather than a straight path. So allow yourself time to experiment, fail fast and move on. And if your culture doesn't give you that, then do something about it. I remember when I was working at, at, with Facebook at Freeformers, the original approach was to create a standalone brand to train 75,000 people up across Europe in digital skills. And we had, we had six months to do it. So it was a pretty tight timescale. And we were going to design a course. The name had been sorted. The course was in creation. And we were, in two, we were about two months in. We ran some consumer research, which showed the importance of a physical experience. Um, so put right a few sort of expectations and ideals that we'd um, anticipated and we had to pivot. We learned, we relaunched, we relaunched it under the Facebook digital skills training and tried again. We now had four months to do that, but at least mm. we were now on the right path. We tested in the UK, scaled in Poland and then rolled out to the four other countries all the while learning from the one before. So again, it takes some humility and it takes an organization mm. culture to understand that failure is part of the, the path to success. Yeah, that's a great one. It's like failing, failing and learning from it and then actually building it into improving next time. Yeah. And the, the, uh, the next step, step five, actually sort of builds on that. It's about applying it individually, but sharing responsibility collectively. So individually, you must create time for, for daily reflection, however that may well be. You know, for some people, it works at the end of each day, spending some time thinking about what went well, what didn't. Um, I prefer to do it first thing in the morning, but a lot of people try to do it after tasks as well and and create that time to reflect work out what's worked what hasn't and help you understand how your own actions may be impeding your success yeah you mentioned it earlier on sam i think the the biggest mm. negative voice doesn't tend to be your, your colleagues it tends to be yourself quite often um, mm. however whether you're an employee at a company or starting out of a venture you have to find a way to move from that fixed mindset to one that's focused on growth and, and overcome those limiting thoughts. And that self-reflection is an important part of it. But then it comes to collective responsibility as well. And you know, as uh, you mentioned earlier on, so Carol Dweck, she writes that managers should ask themselves some key questions about how they lead. How do you act towards others in your workplace? Are you a fixed mindset boss focused on the power, um, your power more than that of your employees' well-being? Do you try and reaffirm your status by demeaning others? I think we've all been there in that sort of situation. Do you try to hold back high-performing employees because they threaten you? And again, come back to that point. If a culture is not right, then then do something with it. Vote with your feet. Um, it's, it's one of those sort of challenges I think that we all have, uh, as in what type of organization do we want to be belong to? And quite often that means that you can go your own way and it might take you a while to get there. Again, it doesn't have to be done immediately. But there's a fascinating company called Sanctus who want to put a mental health gym 
on every high street and send teams of coaches into businesses. And, and what they're trying to do is normalize the conversation around mental health. Now, this might feel a little bit left field, but it's very much related. Again, it's another step in making it all right to be or feel less than perfect and try to reset yourself and reinvent yourself. Again, this this uh, this struggle for perfection, which we have in terms of uh, I'm trying to achieve it in a day-to-day work, Setting yourself ambitious goals is one thing. Thinking that is either perfection is not going to get you anywhere. And this isn't just also within the um, company culture. There's another organization called Leapers set up by a great guy called Matthew Wright. Um, He recognized, I think it was a few years ago now, um, that actually there was lacking that community for the self-employed community. So he set up the Leapers to support the mental health of the self-employed. There's a really active, thriving community in the UK um, focused around a Slack group offering support, tangible things to help, and a guide um, for those hiring modern workers. So so again, we're starting to see an advent of organizations taking this seriously, Sam. Yes, that's such a great call out, Chris. Don't assume that you're going to be doing all this by yourself or suffering through challenges. I mean, being British, this stiff upper lip and being stoic is something us folks from across the pond have been programmed with since birth, probably. But there's data that indicates that 75% of Gen Zs have quit a job for mental health issues, and 50% of millennials have quit a job for the the same reasons, and only 10% of boomers. So what I take away from this is that they are acutely in touch with themselves and their feelings and experiences, and this whole space of well-being is so, so, so much more important. Boomers and Gen Xs should be more open and more mindful and honest with themselves in this space. And in the past 12 months in the US, I've seen Headspace and Talkspace, which are both mental health related products and services, both become proactively supported with marketing, with attention and buy-in. And in 2019, data from Cisco shows that 7% of their workforce was actually accessing the resources. And I can only imagine that's gone up significantly. Mm, You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. So as we move into step six, then, here we see this as the power of passion, compassion, and gratitude. And it's a passion for learning rather than a hunger for approval. So you're focusing on the effort and deliberate practice. And when we say compassion, we say empathy as well. It's not this hustle hustle culture, the sell, sell, sell at all costs, else you're lazy or you're weak. And so we really want to make sure that that well-being balance and that mindfulness balance is there. We know that bias is real. So you can't just hustle your way through bias or discrimination is real, women dealing with mansplaining uh, and sexism. That actually happens. It's plain, it's simple, it's true. So we're not being flippant about growth mindsetting out of things and all of a sudden they're gone. That just seems very insensitive. What we are saying, this is about advocating for your purposeful vision, your mission and values that we kicked off this whole season with. And so from the entrepreneurial mindset point of view, you're trying to innovate based on the being uh, creative and innovation and really evolving your business. So you're trying to create new scenarios where ideas can collide, learning environments, being open and staying open and being 100% accountable for yourself. So we know that language and words matter here. And applying this growth mindset is about words that encourage. It's about tell me about it, show me more. How did you figure that out? How many ways did you try it before it turned out that way you wanted? What do you plan on doing next? And and that leads to what I talked earlier about questions that help 
drive the pursuit of mastery. And so questions that I've asked myself and uh, all of us should is, what's the right setup to do modern marketing? When do we best work collaboratively? Are we working collaboratively? Uh, Are we involving the right functions to look for the growth opportunities? What am I doing to make things better? And as I said, I've spent a lot of time of my career in capabilities and marketing futures and mastering marketing. And it's absolutely a pursuit, not as an outcome, but looking for ways just to be better time and time again. And it's about questioning which skills remain evergreen, which skills are emerging, what can I hold on to the principles of marketing that Kotler wrote about from years ago and what's evolved today and what's what's more relevant today? Yeah, there's a huge amount there. And, and I think one of the things I take out of all of that, Sam, is, is the fact that actually you have to stay true to what you want to do. Um, yes, completely be committed, completely understand that what you need to try and do is is achieve your goals and you have to be determined and you have to show some grit and you have to be entrepreneurial on that. But at the same time, stay true to what you are. Okay, so if you're going to do one thing tomorrow, and uh, we like to do this on every episode, I would say get yourself a coach one way or another. Accountability and and having that sort of self-reflection is incredibly important. And there's a number of coaches that will do that free of charge um, and just look for some sort of mentoring just to see how you can try and drive what you're trying to do forward, but also with a bit of sort of self-reflection in there. But Sam, time's getting on. So why don't you give us the three key takeouts of this session? Absolutely, Chris. Number one is the growth mindset is real. There's a great body of evidence and work that proves that it's out there. And remember, this is not just this flippant positive mindset, hustle at all costs. It's the body of work that supports the growth mindset. Secondly, it's applicable pre, during and post COVID. And so lean into it as much as possible. And thirdly, most importantly, practice and start with yourself first. So you've really got to be mindful and be applying it to yourself before you start to encourage others and try and develop it in other people around you. Great stuff, Sam. Nothing to add, actually. I think that sums it up really nicely. And next week's episode, we're going to be looking at another mindset. It's going to be about the transformation mindset. What is needed to make those big leaps, uh, the, the ones, the leaps of faith rather than the organic small steps uh, absolutely essential to work alongside a growth mindset so it's going to be another good episode sam absolutely chris i'm really looking forward to it so until next week have a great week across the pond well that's it for this week's show we hope you enjoyed it find more by visiting marketingtransform.com and click on the subscribe link if you listen via apple spotify soundcloud or anything else then click on follow subscribe or type marketing transformed into search We're a new show, so please leave us a review, comment or ask a question. We'd love to hear from you. Get in touch at marketingtransformedshow at gmail.com.